Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Castelli podcast provided to you by the people behind the brand and the iconic product innovations. In this first episode, we'll talk to current world world champion Remco Evenepoel about his outstanding 2022 season, hear about his first Castelli memory, take a closer look at his 2023 season goals with a big dive into the Giro d'Italia and hear about what Castelli products that makes his life as a professional cyclist, a little easier. The interview was recorded during the Sudel Quickstep training camp in Calpe in Spain in December and can also be watched on our YouTube channel. So without further ado, let's kick off this first episode with Remco. Well, Remco, first of all, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I know you're a busy guy. You know, I still remember the first time we met at the team camp in Belgium in 2021, where you and your dad were the first two people to greet me at the team hotel. And you told me about your first Castelli memory of a Team Italia jersey. Do you remember where you got the jersey from? Did your dad give it to you? or? We actually were on holiday at uh, Lago di Garda and uh, in the north, in Riva. And... Uh, as we were in Italy riding the mountain bike a bit, we were just walking uh, near the shops and uh, I saw that beautiful jersey and I'm not sure, but I, I think I wanted to be like Bettini, you know, with the Italian stripes and uh, I was like, yeah, I really need this jersey. And it was like uh, the flags were green, white, red and then red pants. So it was like a super bright jersey. You could see it from far away. And like uh, when I saw it, I really wanted it immediately. Accidentally, wasn't a Castelli's, uh, yeah, jersey and the pants as well. So it, uh, yeah, was good quality immediately. And uh, my dad said, "Oh, you know, it's a high quality shirt. Do you really need it?" Yeah, yeah I want it. It's beautiful. I want it. And that's the first Castelli uh, shirt and lip shorts that I that I wrote. Oh, that's a great memory of your first Castelli kit, La Maglia Azzurra della Squadra Nazionale Italiana. Hey, with your dad as a former professional cyclist, did he have any influence on your transition from football to cycling or was it a natural transition for you? No, actually n- not at all because uh, I actually already decided before I even spoke with him. So uh, yeah, he had no choice to uh, just accept it and uh, let me do what I wanted to do and uh, let me have fun. So he had no influence at all, no. You switched to cycling in 2017 and only a year later, in 2018, you did the double at the Junior Road World Championship in Innsbruck, Austria, by winning the time trial and road race. Did you already knew you had a talent for cycling and endurance sports? Uh, I knew that I was born with a talent for like endurance sports because when I was playing football as well, we had to do like some some tests and some running tests, and I wasn't really good in the explosive sprinting tests, but at like running, it was like a CD playing, and like it was always like a kind of a beep, so a sound. And it went like faster and faster and we had to run from cone to cone. So it was like in a big circle and we had to like, every beep we had to arrive at the next cone. Um, and yeah, since I was like 13, 14, 15, I was always the best in the whole youth categories in, in this uh, test. And I think still now my, my record is standing. So uh, already back then we, we knew that I had uh, the talent to do like endurance sports and uh, something for a long distance uh, and an effort over a long period of, uh, of time. 
Coming from football and being new to the cycling sport, where did your road bike handling skills like taking corners, being aero and flexible, where did all that come from so quickly? Yeah, to be honest, I had to work on this because um, even going into the juniors, it was already quite okay. But then um, going to the professional uh, bunch, it was yeah a bit more difficult because I wasn't really used to take corners and, and go on a really high speed inside of a bunch, like really in the middle of the bunch. So I had to adapt myself a bit more and, and try to learn it. But yeah, I'm a guy, if I, if I want something... I will do everything to, to learn it as fast as possible. And I think that has been the same with my uh, bike handling. Um, same for the, for the aero position, for example. I've, own, I've always been quite flexible in my, in my uh, hammies and in, yeah, in the adductors everywhere. So I think it's also a kind of a, a talent that I've been born with. But as, since we knew that it's, it's quite of a, a strong point of mine, I've been really focusing a lot more on it and really trying to to make my strong points even better um, and yeah for sure when you when you're a pro cyclist you need to handle your bike very well because so many t situations can can pop up and you don't know how how to react and that's where the bike handling skills um, and it took me quite a while to 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 get into into that rhythm of, of taking corners and and just letting the bike go with the flow you know and uh, in the end, everything, when you want it, everything can can happen, you know. I remember you mentioning the first time we met in person at the team camp in 2021 that your big goal when turning pro was to win the Liège-Bastogne-Liège, a Grand Tour and the World Championships one day. Now everything happened in one season. Can you put some words on what went into the preparation, physically and mentally? You know, when you, when you start to think about it in, in a way, when you talk about it with people like we are doing now, then... I really like kind of realized that it was a very special year that it it wasn't a normal year so uh, my big goal was really to try and win Liège because I knew I had that in me uh, then the Grand Tour was more kind of a, a discovering to see where can I go on, on that aspect of cycling and uh, I knew already since the start of the season that I was going from the Vuelta straight to the Worlds and actually my goal there was to try and become world champion on the time trial um, but then during the Vuelta, we've been talking a bit and discussing about the approach towards CTT and we just needed to be lucky to have a, a fresh day, to, to have fresh legs and, and just that super day on the TT to, to do a good result. In the end, I had a really good day, but then, yeah, just two guys were better. So uh, that's how cycling goes sometimes. Um, but I think just overall, the, the season has been, has been, yeah, perfect. Um, there have been again some some up and downs, but I think that's in every rider's uh, season. Um, but I think overall, I, I, it was a perfect season, and just to achieve my three my three big dreams in 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 one year, that's just like incredible. Um, and you know, be becoming world champion on such a young age takes. I'm not gonna say it's 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 with pressure, but it's it it takes the pressure uh, off because. It's a goal that I that I achieved quite early in my career, so it's something that I don't have to hunt anymore for. Now the a big dream can can be to become two times world champion, three times or even more. But like the stripes on the arm will will be there forever. So um, that's already something that I can. I'm not gonna say forget, but kind of let on the side to focus more on my my big dream together with the team is to win the three of the Grand Tours. 
Um, so yeah, I think achieving that world championship title uh, gives some space to focus more on, on the Grand Tour dream. The way you won your first monument and the road world championships were similar. Like if you look at the way you attacked, you knew you were the strongest. I remember before coming to the team as sponsor with Castelli, Kasper Asgren telling me that you don't want to give Ramco two meters because then he's gone and you're never going to get back up to him. I mean, you have that power and that excellency, which sometimes reminds me of Fabian Cancellara, who actually also once was quoted saying, you can only do one move. You don't have the power for two moves. So when you do it, you do it properly. Your teammates, staff, and all the partners of the team and what I've experienced myself say that you're such a humble and nice person, a real gentleman. Frey, the Sonier, told me that you sometimes go for a run with them in the morning before breakfast and your training ride. Actually, I saw on your Strava yeah. profile that you went for a 7K with the guys this morning. If you're going again tomorrow, I might be, be joining the group. Yeah, probably I will, yeah. It's great to see that you're such an open person and it's not all about eat, sleep and cycle for you. It's, it's more than that. But how do you deal with the high pressure or stress and, and still manage to remain calm? It's something um, that has changed, that has changed since, since the crash, actually, because before that I couldn't really handle the pressure. I was also still, yeah two, three years younger than, than I am now, so uh, you take experience in life and uh, you, you just grow uh, mentally. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I just feel on myself the less negative energy I um, show or spend, I just feel that all that negative energy turns into positive energy and that I can use to uh, have a conversation or on my bike. Um, for example, like in the Vuelta, a lot of the times the, the journalists were telling me, oh, you take so much time, really, thank you, we are so grateful. But then I, I was thinking by myself and talking with the two Swaniers that drove me to the, to the hotel. Like, why should I, shouldn't I answer? Because it's, if I would start to be angry or uh, be frustrated, I'm just going to lose energy that I will need tomorrow to perform or to try and win the race. So that's something that, that has changed um, in my way of thinking. Um, and also the, the example you gave from the run this morning, it's more like uh, those guys just do everything for us and they did everything for me in the last years already. But for sure, like, I mean, especially the, the summer was really crazy because like in the Vuelta, we really had that dream to step on the podium and why not try to win? And we had like kind of a whole plan for the three weeks and just before the race started, the week, the week we were in Holland to, yeah, before the start, I've been talking with everybody and just saying, look, it, this should be like this. Then we tried this and, you know, just trying to put everything on, on, on the rails, you know, um, and those guys just did amazing efforts for that. And then it's just kind of a, a thank you because you can give presents or I don't know what, yeah, you can give money or whatever, but I prefer to, to do it in a, a kind of a friendship way that you, do things with them like really small things like they run in the morning and just have a talk yeah exactly exactly because i think um in life sometimes we forget about the small things the small details and uh, those things will always keep in their mind um no matter what situation i'm in so it's just more the way that i want to thank them and yeah that's that's a good way to express your appreciation and friendship 
Looking ahead of the 2023 season and before talking about the Gio d'Italia, where Castel is the official technical sponsor of the Maglia Rosa, I would like to know if you're planning to defend your Liege Persona Liege title wearing the rainbow jersey. Yeah, that's uh, the plan. So normally there were no uh, classics planned, but I think as a world champion, uh, the monument or my, one of my favorite races and as a defending champion, I really should go and, and try to, to win again uh, or just yeah, uh, represent the race that, I've, that I won last year uh, that has opened so many perspectives for me. Uh, I think it's something look, to look forward to and uh, it's a bit the same approach like we did in the Vuelta last year. So uh, one big race before the Grand Tour. So a long preparation towards it, then one good hard race, um, hopefully with the same result. Uh, as last year with fresh legs and then uh, going to the Giro I think uh, it should be let's say 99.9% of the same approach like we had for the Vuelta so if everything goes well if uh, I stay healthy if the, the training will, will go well then everything should be quite okay but you never know what happens in, in racing or in, uh, in training so uh, you already have the eye on the ball. I saw that you've been in Italy last week scouting out some of the early stages uh, of the race, I think, like the first five stages. Yeah, we actually did six. But one, one we did with the car because we we did a recon of the Napoli stage in the morning. And then we had to drive to Melfi, where we, we slept to do the um, Lago Laceno stage. So there is a stage finishing in Melfi. So we did the last 60k. Um, with the car so actually we did six on four days which is uh, quite an impressive did you recon the second time trial stage in bad weather because i know in our corner of italy it was raining hard that day yeah it was raining so uh, i mean it was raining for the first 20 30 minutes then after that it was not raining anymore but the roads were of course like super wet and, and dirty it wasn't super cold you know i had my uh, my good rain clothes on so uh it's actually quite impressive how the the Castelli winter clothing really keep you warm actually because I'm a I was a guy I was never training in the rain never going out uh, when it was like let's say f- around five degrees and now in Italy I've been training every day in five degrees so so it, it says that the Castelli clothes are quite a, quite good in the cold conditions. If you had to pick one product from your Castelli cycling clothing arsenal that really stands out to you and makes your job training or racing that little bit easier, which one would it be? Um, there are there are more actually. Yeah? Well, the like name the, three products. The three? Yeah. Okay. Um, like the, the bibs for the rain, um, like the thick material. The Nanoflex Pro bibs. Those are amazing. Uh, then it's also going to be... Um, yeah, for sure, all, all the rain jackets actually. Uh, and I remember last year in December, training in Belgium in two degrees with the super thick vest. Um, so those three are, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so so many. I just cannot say three, you know. Actually, the whole winter collection slash rainy collection, they really make uh, riding the bike in, in, in bad conditions quite, I'm not going to say easy but it makes it more fun because you know you're gonna get wet you're gonna the bike is gonna be dirty but at least you're gonna stay warm and you always get a bit wet you know because when it rains when the roads are wet it's it's normal that you get a bit wet but if you can really like control 
the amount of, of rain going into the shoe or uh, like the wetness of the sock, then yeah, it's such a big difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. But then you also yeah. have the summer kit that we were talking about yesterday, like the Superleger bibs, climbers jersey, Saremo, yeah. or the BTW speed suit. Yeah. Well, talking about suits for road racing, are you more of an aero speed suit guy, or do you prefer a jersey with matching bib shorts? It actually depends, you know, um, because for example, in in the world, I I had no choice. I had to ride the bibs and and the the jersey, so. Uh, Um, but I think, yeah, if it's, for example, Liege, I did in my, um, BTW suit, San Sebastian, I did in the Superleggera suit. So when it's classic days, I will always wear a suit. Uh, but then, for example, in Tour de Suisse, I remember having two super hard mountain stages, finishing like on a 20k climb, uh, on the summit. Then I was using just my Superleggera suit and uh, also the Superleggera jersey. So just a combination of bibs and jersey because, uh, sometimes, When you climb, for sure, you need a bit more comfort, you know. But I think with the Super Jera suit is something that I've actually discovered in San Sebastian and uh, in the Vuelta, the first days, not wearing the red jersey. I've always been wearing the Super Jera suit because I think it's just it makes it a bit more easy to have like one suit, you know, and um, it makes it it makes the feeling of of climbing a bit more comfortable as well. It doesn't like kind of pull you back again when you're climbing. So just wearing the suit is like you just have a jersey without anything under. So it, it makes it a bit more comfortable to climb. Uh, and also I really like to have like at least pressure as possible around the chest and, and my uh, yeah around the area of the heart actually. So um, I think that's why the suits are. Yeah, I think in the, the second part of the year I've, be, I've more become a, a, a suit guy. Yeah, no, it's great to hear that you're more of an aero suit guy especially in one-day races or classics when the race speed is high. There are huge aero gains and watt savings when using the BTW or the San Remo speed suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I remember the presentation we had that they said that the, the temperature, I mean, the optimal temperature was like around 15 degrees for the BTW suit and like Liege was exactly 15 degrees. A bit cold in the, in the morning, so I just put the Perfetto on top and then uh, halfway the course took everything off and then it was time for the final so then I wasn't cold anymore because you know it's it's quite a warm suit as well so in a bit let's say the mid temperatures it's really a, a perfect suit to have and I think for the the spring classics when you're a bit lucky with the weather you can use it every race. Hey let's go back and talk more about the Giro d'Italia and the Castelli Maglia Rosa. The yep. three TT stages will definitely play to your strength But what other key stages will be important and make a difference in the GC? Uh, I think already stage four will be very important because that's Lago Lacero and we've uh, did a record on this climb, which is super hard for the last 3K. But yeah, as the Giro of this year is known for a lot of time trial kilometers, I think the first and the ninth stage will be very important as well, for sure for myself, because I know... Those are the days that I should try to, to take uh, some advantage on the other GC guys. Um, but I think for the first week, so it will be stage one, four, maybe seven and nine. Uh, so the Gran Sasso stage as well, which is always, yeah, it's a high mountain. So if you have a bad day there, you, you really can be in trouble. Uh, then we have the second week where we go to Gran Montana, which can also be 
a pretty special day because it's super high mountains. Um, not a very technical course because it's, if I'm not wrong, that's more towards Swiss. Uh, so that should be more a kind of a Tour de Suisse mountain stage. Um, and then we have also the Bergamo stage, which is always special because it's the, the course of Lombardia. So it will be, it will be hard, but I think in a grand tour, this stage can more be like a breakaway stage. So I think stage, the stage of Gran Montana will be more important than Bergamo. And then in the last week, it's, it's all gonna be queen stages, you know, it's, uh, If I'm not wrong, we will go over, yeah, the finish on Trecime. This will be, I think that's, that's the queen stage, the official queen stage. So for sure, a queen stage is always important. Um, and I think also the stage of Zoldo Alto will be very, very important. But then also the one of Bondoni. So, you know, it's three very hard mountain stages in the last week. And then the TT on stage 20, which... Um, Yeah, which is counted as TT kilometers, but I think it's more, yeah, it's more a bit like a mountain stage, you know, it's the last day, so everybody will be super tired, and then it's only 11k of mostly flat, and then we go up for 8k at 12%, so uh, I think you just need to try and keep the, le the legs as fresh as possible for stage 19 and 20, because I think so many things can happen there, but... I think, as I mentioned, it's every week has, has their important stages. And you just, in the Giro, you need to be awake every day because if you're not awake for, for let's say, 30 minutes, your GC dreams can maybe be over. So, uh, but I know the stages that are very important. Do you plan to recon any of the epic mountain stages of the last week? I mean, we already pointed them out Monte Mondone, Soldo Alto, and Trecim de Lavaredo. All epic climbs that we know really well since the Castelli headquarters is nearby and we ride those mountains in summertime. Yeah, normally we will uh, because I think if I, if I can see the, the mountain stages that I just mentioned, uh, I think it's going to be five. We plan to, to, to do a recon of, of five more mountain stages. So um, yeah, even if the weather is not that good, I think let's say by the month of January, February, maybe the roads will be open again. Um, so yeah, that's why we need uh, some warm clothes and uh, I'm lucky to have a good clothing sponsor which can help me with that. So uh, no, but I, I really want to, to go and see the crucial stages of the second and the third week because then I think I will have seen all important stages of the Giro which would kind of make me give a relaxed feeling because uh, then I will have the feeling that I'm like 100% prepared for what's coming. Um, and then it's all about the training and the, yeah, the shape that has to be really good. No, you already demonstrated in the 2022 season that you can perform on an impressive high level in any situation and gradient. The Tre Cime di Lavaredo has a maximum gradient close to 20% with an average of 8.7%. But you dropped your main competition on that grueling final ascent during the Vuelta up to Les Pereiras to increase your lead at the Vuelta. I think you surprised most of the cycling world that day, but also showed that you are unbeatable on a good day. Yeah, exactly. That's actually also a stage that uh, I surprised myself a bit because, uh, you know, when you, when you get dropped a few times on steeper climbs earlier in the season, you think like, oh, maybe this is not my thing, so I might be in trouble on, on those stages in Grand Tours or in other races. 
but then like I mentioned before, I'm the type of guy, if I know that something has to be better, I will work so hard on it that it's going to be one of my strongest points. And I think that was the case with the, the steep climbing. Uh, I've been training in Livigno for three weeks and I did Mortirolo a few times. So uh, I can tell you riding up Mortirolo for uh, three, four times straight away is not so nice. So uh, I think, yeah, just working on it really makes makes it happen or makes it possible. So, um, And it's going to be the, the case again for, for the Giro. But uh, yeah, like I think it's just it's just important to work on the weak points because... If you want to win a Grand Tour, you need to be, like, let's say, overall, you need to be able to handle every aspect of cycling. So you need to climb well, you need a good time trial, and you need a good descent. Because if one of those three are not good, you will not be able to to finish high in the GC. So um, I think that's why why I maybe made for the Grand Tour is because I really want to work on every aspect of of riding the bike and uh, of cycling and maybe that's a bit my luck that I'm so crazy to work so hard on, on, on weaker points but I think it also let's say forms the beast no oh yeah no you're completely right the big victories just don't happen overnight they're usually the culmination of hundreds of smaller everyday wins that mold and shape you into a stronger and faster and better cyclist Tell me who you see as your biggest GC contenders for the Castelli Maglia Rosa. I mean, Primoz Roglic and Garen Thomas have already announced their participation at the Giro d'Italia. Ah, um, for sure, these two. I mean, um, Garen won the, the Tour and Primoz won the, the Vuelta three times back to back. So, uh, and I've had some uh, some nice duels with him uh, in the last Vuelta. Unfortunately, he crashed out. Um, but for sure, with the TT kilometers and uh, the type of climbs they will be present as well, they will, will perform well. So I think those two will be uh, maybe even the, the main favorites to, to win the race. Um, so yeah, let's hope that there are some, some more nice and big names coming. As you know, cycling is one of the most popular sports in Italy. No other country has won the World Cycling Championship more than Italy. And it's not always the riders or the landscapes that makes the Giro d'Italia unique. It's the iconic climbs and the fans, the tifosi, the thousands of people who bring the race to life. There is an atmosphere unlike anything else. Is this also how you see it? Yeah, and I think you you feel it the most when you're riding up, up the climbs, you know, in the mountains. It's then And you know, like a lot of Italian mountains are really... Uh, historical and uh, like kind of legendary even so uh, yeah it's just you know um, it's 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 kind of a lifestyle in Italy you know uh, just for example riding up the mountains you can see a valley you just know uh, the Giro 2000 I don't know 15 has passed here um, you know it's like mountains like Stelvio um Mortirolo, Trecime, you know, these climbs, you just, you know it just even when you're not in, in cycling or when you're not involved in any part of cycling, you just know, for example, the Stelvio because who doesn't know Stelvio? It's like Mont Ventoux, for example. I think Stelvio is the most famous climb and mountain in, in Italy. So we all know that the Giro has been passing there a few times. So yeah, just by mentioning a climb, the people know, ah, the Giro has passed here. Uh, Thomas de Ghent one year, uh, you know, things like that. So, Well, Remco, uh, I think our time is up. 
Thanks for taking the time to meet with me after your long day of morning training and afternoon interviews. It's been very interesting to hear about your background and your rapid popularity within the sport, turning professional directly out of the junior ranks and into the top of the cycling world and one of the leading figures within the sport. So thank you again thank uh, you. for the time. Uh, but before we finish 100%, uh, I wanted to ask you if you have seen the Maglia Rosa for the 2023 edition of the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, it's going from like, let's say, light to dark pink, no? Well, kind of a gradient from pink to into white. Well, let me just show it to you here. I've got it here on my computer. Thanks to Remco for joining us on the Castelli Show and telling us about his season goals, Ferrick Castelli aero race suits for racing and foul weather gear for riding cold and wet conditions. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. And if you have a Castelli product related question or topic you would like us to discuss on the podcast, leave us a comment on YouTube or DM us on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks everyone. See you in a few weeks.